Hello, everybody. This is Alien Talk Podcast, a program where we discuss all things about aliens and UFOs and where we push the limits of our understanding. We are Joe Landry and Nori Olford, here with you as your co-host for a new episode. Thank you all for joining us once again. And for those of you who may be tuning in for the first time, we extend a big welcome. Hey there, Lori. How's it going? It's going well, Joe. Uh, considering the hectic week at work, it's going well. <laughs> yeah, definitely a hectic one for us. Yeah. Um, I mean, nonetheless, it's always good to be back on the show with much to discuss. and It, it takes my mind off of uh, the previous week. <laughs> um <laughs> But today we're we're in the midst of yet another holiday weekend, and uh, I mean we have Easter tomorrow, and of course Passover started yesterday. Right. Today is the Easter Vigil, also known as Holy Saturday, and as usual, this weekend coincides with the Jewish Passover. And as you and I know from our religious backgrounds, all about the connections of the Last Supper, the Crucifixion, and the Resurrection to the Passover feast. Uh, we've been fully immersed in the studies of the symbolic importance between the two stories that involve both the elements of sacrifice and redemption. Yeah, and with both of them illustrating God's plan through both the Old and New Testaments and through both Moses and Jesus to make a covenant with uh, or to save us from the bondage of evil, that being slavery in Egypt of the Hebrews in the first case and the power of the devil over everybody in the second. So, you know, growing up in an evangelical church, I, I often heard pastors, which I'm sure you have too, preach uh, entire sermons on why we should not refer to today as Easter Sunday, but instead call it Resurrection Sunday. And the reason being, of course, is that Easter is actually a pagan holiday. Yeah, it comes from the old English word, Yoster, and it signifies a Germanic spring festival that goes back to early medieval time and honors the fertility goddess of the same name. Actually, many cultures have spring fest, uh, spring celebrations and festivals in which their symbols of birth uh, and the rejuvenation and renewal of life are found, such as with eggs, budding flowers, and newborn animals like bunnies and chickies. And there were several prominent Roman holidays that marked the arrival of springtime and venerated the deities Ceres, Mars, Venus, and Sybil. And the Egyptians had similar celebrations for spring that included the theme of life after death with the story of the resurrection of the god Osiris. So the idea behind Easter actually goes back very far in time, uh, even before the time of Christianity. Sure. Um, uh, There's also the Babylonian celebration of the fertility goddess Ishtar. Um, It really makes no difference on a personal level. I mean, call it whatever you want. It doesn't change what one believes about the resurrection of Jesus and, and Christianity has incorporated and merged all of the aspects of the pagan springs festivals into the Easter holiday we know of today. And the same is true of Christmas with the pagan winter festivals too. And both of the holidays, Easter and Passover uh, have something else in common. And that is that they have in their origins uh, in the places on the earth that lie near the 33rd parallel. Now, in, at first glance, this may not seem very significant at all. The biblical places of Judea, Samaria, and Egypt are all located in the same global region, which does happen to fall at or near 33 degrees north latitude. So what's so meaningful about that? Well, as it turns out, we find a prevalent correlation between the things that are said to have happened on the 33rd parallel and the actual sacredness of the number 33. Exactly. And the reason for mentioning Jesus Christ is not only because it's Easter, but because of the number associated with him 
at his death and resurrection, which is 33. Uh, now, like you said, there is a long-held sacredness or holiness to this number. Uh, it, it is the age at which he is believed to have been crucified, and it is also the age at which Alexander the Great died. It also represents the number of years King David ruled in Jerusalem, the number of times that uh, Solomon's temple was pillaged uh, after being built, and and the number of sons and daughters of Jacob, and the number of stars swept away by the tail of the great red dragon in Revelation 12.4, that being a third, which equates to 33.3%. Yeah, of course, it has the number three as one of its factors, and that is seen to represent the Trinity, and as such, the perfection of the Godhead, and as such, the perfection of the universe. It is affiliated with the Freemasons, and there are levels of progression going from 1 to 33, the highest being called the 33rd degree of the Scottish Rite. And it is considered as the point of mastery of human consciousness. Now, according to the scholastic thesis by Gary David, titled Along the 33rd Parallel, the Global Mystery Circle, 33 is influential in the art of numerology as one of the primary teachers that imbue uh, one with a uh, selfish devotion to the spiritual advancement of humankind. The other two are 11, which represents vision, and 22, which is vision with action, and when added together gives uh, 33, which means guidance to the world. So this raises the question of why specifically the number 33? Now, why was this number thought of as the key to special knowledge and not some other number, like, say, 4 or 77 or even 10 for that matter? And the answer to its mystical symbolism may, may have something to do with its uh, geodetic significance. In other words, the number 33 had a certain meaning in the minds of the ancients because of, it, uh, of its relation to things happening at or near the latitude line on Earth of 33 degrees. As several months ago, we talked about how many of the places of biblical importance seem to fall within imaginary lines that you could say uh, almost connect one to another. Right. And we said that Mount Sinai, Mount Moriah, Jerusalem, Baalbek, Babylon, Nineveh, uh, Mount Hermon, Mecca, Medina, the Arabian Desert, the Red Sea, and the Persian Gulf all seem to fall into a geographic region we could be tempted to label as the Bible Triangle. Uh, these locations are still to this day referred to as Holy Lands, and they all fall along the 33rd parallel, or at least within just a few degrees of it. Yeah, and it, it could also uh, be that the biblical and mythological stories told about divine encounters in these holy places are because the 33rd parallel may have been like a hub for extraterrestrial activity in which there were something like flight paths by which the gods would travel back and forth into space, the gods, of course, being ancient astronauts. Right. So people living in those areas back then would have been more prone to encounter alien traffic and thus begin the oral traditions of religion. And indeed, we find that in, in these certain places like Egypt, Israel, Syria, and Lebanon, they seem to be historically associated with spiritual and divine presences. Um, some of the topographical features like Mount Sinai, Mount Hermon, and Mount Ararat they also have served as landmark reference points that were visible to spaceships uh, descending from high altitudes. And this may have made the 33rd parallel in the Middle East as a desirable location uh, for landing zones. Yeah. 
I, I think the fact that Mount Hermon is located on this line, and actually it is right at about 33 degrees north latitude, as well as right, up, right at about 33 degrees east latitude, is really interesting. Now, this is because Mount Hermon is where the fallen angels are said in the book of Enoch to have come down to earth after being cast out of heaven. Now, here we have the coordinates of 33 and 33 that are almost like a bullseye. It, it is uh, pointing to a place that is central to the Abrahamic faith, and that place is where beings who were not human, as is said right in the scriptures, like in the books of Genesis, Luke, and Jude, um, how come here uh, or have come here to make contact with us. Uh, this alone, if if you know, is, if, if such if, if such knowledge about latitude and long, longitude had indeed been known to the ancients, um, you know, would have would have been given them would have given them reason to uh, preserve the number thirty three as something important. Yeah, yeah, and with you know Mount Hermon being right at thirty three degrees north latitude and thirty three degrees east longitude, that is almost like a bullseye. That's thirty three by thirty three. And not to mention also the uh, supposed location of where the Tower of Babel took place, uh, said in Genesis 6, to be on the plain of Shinar, which is likely referring to Sumer and Mesopotamia. The 33rd parallel runs through this area, and this is where the Bible says God had come down and confused our language and scattered us about. And it is also the place of Eden, another place that is central to the Abrahamic faith, as the Tigris and Euphrates rivers do flow across uh, 33 degrees north latitude. So these stories are deeply embedded enough within our religious traditions to give people reason to preserve the number 33 as having something to do with the manifestation of God's presence long ago here on earth. Uh, After all, let's not forget that in the Akkadian language that the name uh, Babylon means gate of the gods. And of course, the ancient city is situated almost right on the 33rd parallel. It could be that 33 is esoterically meant to designate the actual cradle of civilization, which is our origin here on this planet. We'll be back after a quick break. Hi, and welcome to Hiss and Tell, a cat podcast where we delve deep into the fascinating world of feline behavior with your host, me, Christina Wilson, a professional animal behaviorist. Each episode features insightful discussions with leading veterinarians, dedicated researchers and scientists, experts in cat behavior and training, and so much more. Join me as we decode the complexities of pet loss, unravel the mysteries of feline health and behavior, and discover the latest research findings. I'll meet you at Hiss and Tell. So could there have been something like a stargate in Babylon, like a portal? Uh, and if so, could the title of Gate of the Gods uh, be referenced to, to the way these beings were were said to have co- first come into contact with mankind and th- taught us the knowledge of such things as science, mathematics, writing, art, music, philosophy, government, and law? Um, and uh, it is not just in the Middle East where we see this pattern of encounters on the 33rd parallel. Uh, remember, this line circles the entire Earth and has quite a few places all along it that bring forth some mysterious things. So if we go to the opposite side of the globe following the 33rd parallel, we land at Roswell, New Mexico, of all places. <laughs> Coincidence? Uh, I mean, I, I really don't think so. 
uh, you have to wonder if the 33rd parallel itself is some kind of you know, like a portal not confined to the Middle East region. Or maybe it acts like, a, 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 say, like an array of portals, like a series of portals clustered along that line. Um, so not only would it be part of a flight path corridor, but may also be part of a space-time portal, like some kind of wormhole that imparts upon us the frequency of UFO sightings to um, include the Roswell incident back in, say, in, in uh, what, 1947. Yeah, and, and there is a belief among some, whether in you know new age circles or in paranormal studies, that there are energy vortices that exist at certain spots on the uh, on the planet, uh, like Stonehenge, Giza, Baalbek, uh, Machu Picchu, and that they are even connected to one another so as to form a grid-like network. I, I believe they are called ley lines, and it is usually in these locations, or at least near these locations, that the number of UFO sightings are higher than usual. So according to an article from anomalian.com dated uh, November 11th, 2020, a British ufologist named Tony Wedd proposed back in the 1960s that ley lines could be magnetically oriented flight paths for alien spacecraft, kind of like what we alluded to in our episode several months ago, and that any significant point found along uh, these flight paths, such as like Giza or Baalbek or Mount Olympus or Stonehenge, something like that, um, that they were usually used as visual landmarks. So while the 33rd parallel is seen as circumnavigating the globe, the ley lines are seen as zigzagging from points all over the surface of the Earth. Well, I guess you can say that they are similar to the invisible latitude and longitude lines we've seen on a map. Uh, however, they, they could also uh, be like an, an energy highway system that helps connect certain points on Earth. Uh, I guess you can say that they may make up some kind of energy internet. I mean, they are lines on a map that do line up with landmarks and ancient structures. Now, perhaps all of the sacred sites in the world uh, give off an energy that spirals outward, uh, as some people do claim to sense energy at places like the Great Pyramid and, and, and Machu Picchu and Stonehenge. And perhaps it, it emanates and flows from one to another, so has to operate like a navigation and communication system that extraterrestrials are able to tap into using special applications that we have not yet come to understand. Right. So even if the 33rd parallel seems to be associated with many UFO sightings and other strange phenomena like the Bermuda Triangle, which uh, happens to be situated along it, there are certainly other places in the world that do not fall anywhere near the 33rd parallel, yet are nonetheless steeped in mystery. You know, Stonehenge in England, Easter Island in the South Pacific, uh, the Nazca Lines in Peru, Devil's Tower in Wyoming, Mount Rainier in Washington. None of these locations are on the 33rd parallel. Likewise, there are thousands of other spots all over the world in every country, regardless of latitude, that have had their share of paranormal activity and extraterrestrial encounters. And we would expect this if there was an energy vortex network or a portal network that covers a considerable portion of the Earth's surface, uh, just like how we know, you know um, we could be anywhere and see an airplane flying overhead. Now, we could be in a remote village in, Sus in, in Saskatchewan, Canada, or on a tiny island in the Indian Ocean, and there is a chance we would see an occasional airplane go by. However, if we were just outside of L.A. 
or Chicago, Chicago or, or New York, we would see a lot more airplanes overhead because we would be closer uh, to the area where their flight paths would hub together. Uh, the same may be the case with UFOs. Some uh, places on Earth may be like hubs for them where encounters are frequent. You know, other places, you know, not as much. That's a good analogy. And we see that the 33rd parallel runs through regions, particularly in the Middle East, that correspond to what archaeology shows to be where some of the oldest civilizations started, not only in Mesopotamia, but also in India and China with cities like Mohenjo-Daro and Xi'an that form much in the way of mythological tales of contact with divine beings. Uh, there are places associated with the Indus River Valley and the Yangtze, uh, Yangtze River Valley uh, that are also considered as birthplaces for civilization. And Egypt as well. Uh, as we know, the uh, Great Pyramids lie close to the 33rd parallel, although not right on it. Uh, I believe the Giza Plateau is uh, situated at around 30 degrees, and that actually lines up with the White Pyramid in the uh, Xinhai uh, province of China, which is thought to be about 4,500 years old, about the same as the ones in Giza, and are believed through religion to have been built by emperors who were called the sons of heaven and who rode uh, down to earth upon fiery dragons. Uh, again, similar imagery as we uh, see in other cultures. Right. Now, some occultists like to claim that even the lost civilization of Atlantis falls somewhere along the 33rd parallel. However, that is uh, not something that can really be substantiated uh, as the exact location of Atlantis is uh, completely unknown, uh, at least at this time it is. Uh, but there is a distinctive connection with it to Solomon's temple. And this may be the key to its importance with the Freemasons. So in 1 Kings 7, uh, 13 through 22, it says that Hiram, the king of Tyre, helped Solomon with the construction of the, the temple. Uh, that is the first temple. And by providing craftsmanship and metallurgy, as well as cedar wood from Phoenicia, which is modern-day Lebanon. Now, the Bible is a little inconsistent with the mention of Hiram, as in some verses he is said to be a king, and in others he is called a bronze worker. Uh, either way, he was instrumental in carrying out Solomon's project, and he was also a strong ally with David, Solomon's father, in the 10th century B.C. And with Hiram uh, being from the city of Tyre, we find uh, that is located right on the 33rd parallel. So not only is Jerusalem very close to it at about 31 degrees, but the place from which all of the materials came, as well as the chief project manager, as I guess you can call him, uh, came from a place that is really close to 33 latitude and 33 longitude. Now, this is also right next to Mount Hermon. So we're finding something special about this spot. Uh, not only is it where the watchers descended from heaven has said in the, the book of Enoch, but the Old Testament uh, gives it an important distinction, distinction as being vital to construction of uh, the temple in Jerusalem, where God would come down from heaven to become manifest with his people. A, a fascinating connection to this particular piece of geography. Yeah, and Hiram is also a prominent character in Freemasonry as he is the architect in the third degree, and that is something that represents a sacredness to the entire order of the universe, the whole idea of God being the great builder, the great architect, who sets everything into its proper place and motion in accordance with the laws of mathematics 
known as sacred geometry, as a central theme to the Masons. So we have to wonder if it ties together. Uh, Hiram coming from Tyre near Mount Hermon, the place of the fallen angels, the watchers, helping build Solomon's temple in Jerusalem, the city of God, and the divine encounters of the Bible and of Sumerian mythology, all on the 33rd parallel. I mean, does the number 33 have meaning specifically because that is where these things are, are said to have taken place? Exactly. Is it considered to be the number of God because so much about him seems to have happened on the latitude line of our planet with that number? Um, there's another interesting location that falls very close to the 33rd parallel, being at about 32.5 degrees north, and that is Mount Tabor in northern Israel. Now, while it is not identified in the Bible as being the mountain where Jesus was transfigured, it is long held through local church tradition to be the location of it. When considering how the Gospels relate the transfiguration of Jesus, we find that it is an account of Peter, James, and John seeing Christ in an altered form. His face is said to have actually changed, and his clothes are said to have become like the brightest light. Yeah, so he was transformed in a way that seemed to involve something like an energy vortex, and he was seen speaking to two other humanoid beings who eventually seemed to have exited the vortex and then left. So could the transfiguration be a story of Christ passing into a portal, a so-called stargate? If so, then are the Gospels providing us with a clue about the energy of portals prevalent along the 33rd parallel? And if what is ascribed in the transfiguration is actually the report of Peter, James, and John observing Jesus passing into and coming out of a portal, it is likely that the two men with him, who were said to be Moses and Elijah, were actually completely unknown or unrecognizable to the three apostles. They would have had no way of knowing what Moses or Elijah looked like since they had, those two had died many centuries before their time. So the detail of them immediately recognizing these two figures as being Moses and Elijah was probably redacted from the early manuscripts. Uh, we do see some discrepancy in the passages with Luke um, having them talking to Jesus about his departure, while Matthew and Mark are merely having them talking to Jesus about nothing specific. So it's difficult for us to conceive what exactly took place, as we know we are lacking eyewitness material in the Synoptic Gospels. So they could have just been other beings, extraterrestrial beings, who, along with Jesus, were teleporting through a vortex of energy, which, of course, would have been some, uh, something the, the three apostles could not possibly comprehend with their first century A.D. worldview. Now, hence, the depiction of bright clothing and a bright cloud with a booming voice. Now, let's continue to follow the 33rd parallel from Roswell and go westward from there. Uh, we then come to Phoenix, Arizona, which is where the Phoenix Lights incident took place in 1997. And to the north of that, uh, near the town of Snowflake, Arizona, we find the location that of the most famous uh, alien abduction incident, which was the Travis Walton case of 1975. Then going a little further west, we come to Los Angeles, California, where in 1942, an actual battle in the sky was reported to have happened in which, to this day, military experts don't know what it was that entered our airspace, such that we started firing upon it. Supposedly, it was a uh, 
a saucer-shaped object. Yeah, and this line also crosses some areas that are sacred to the Native Americans. And of course, being because divine and spiritual encounters are said to have been witnessed there by their ancestors of the distant past. The Hohokam were known to have inhabited the area around Casa Grande, Arizona, as far back as 300 BC, which would have been right around the time of Alexander the Great on the other side of the world. And they actually built what looks to be an observatory, the ruins of which are still there. So they seem to have exhibited excellent knowledge of mathematics and astronomy. Now, H.M. Wormington claims in Prehistoric Indians of the Southwest that the scope of their technological ability to construct their villages in this part of the Southwest United States is comparable to that of the Mayans and the Egyptians. So even out in the barren and remote desert of uh, Arizona back in the 4th century B.C., we find something unusual happening and happening right along the 33rd parallel. Now, we also have the important site of Belbek with the Temple of uh, Jupiter that has monolithic blocks so large that we're, we're still puzzled on how they were cut and moved by ancient people. This is also right on the 33rd parallel. The, the whole place looks like a gigantic ancient spaceport, which we elaborated on in further detail several months ago in our episode titled Ancient Spaceports. Now, in an article with freedomcode.com, it was dated April 22nd, 2014, the number 33 is well known and revered in many cultures and throughout many time periods. Numerology has 33 as the master teacher, with it being the most influential number. If you split the number 33, the two numbers you get are 11 and 22. When added together, they add up 33. Simple addition math. (laughs) Uh, But uh, as we mentioned, those two numbers are significant in that 11 representing vision and 22 representing vision with action. Uh, When formed at the base of a two-dimensional pyramid, added together equal 33, which represents guidance to the world. Well, we also come across some interesting things that are perhaps just coincidental, but seem to be linked either to the 33rd parallel or just to number 33. An example is the atomic bombs dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki in 1945. Both those cities are along the 33rd parallel. The first atomic bomb was tested in Alamogordo, New Mexico, which is at about 32.5 degrees. President Kennedy was assassinated in Dallas, Texas, which is also at about 32.5 degrees. The United Nations flag displays the globe divided into 33 sections. St. Peter's Basilica in Rome has 32 archways on both sides of the large piazza with an obelisk in the middle. That counts as the 33rd architectural feature. Yeah, and let's not forget that the Pope's uh, cassock uh, has 32 buttons on it with his head being like the 33rd one. And also the sun completely uh, transitions into a new house or a new sign of the Zodiac uh, uh, every month after moving uh, 33 degrees. Um, A complete sequence of a DNA molecule has 33 turns to it. Uh, Then there is the Space Shuttle Columbia accident, which occurred over the Western United States very near uh, the 33 degrees latitude. You can find many of these so-called coincidences associated with the 33rd parallel everywhere. Uh, some may very well be a coincidence, but many, you know, many may not be. It's like the, the great was it, science fiction writer Isaac Asimov says, you know, there are 
too many coincidences to be a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the question that a lot of people may have about the number 33, Laurie, uh, about it being an important element to ufologists and paranormal slash occult enthusiasts is, so what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so what if all of these uh, well-known events and places in our history have some correlation with uh, being at or near 33 degrees north latitude? What does, it, what does that really mean? And the answer is that we, we do not know. Uh, with some of these connections we point out, uh, they may seem purely arbitrary. But what it could be is something that might be related to what is known as synchronicity. And this is another theory put forth by our favorite psychologist, Carl Jung. Uh, but it was also something that even Albert Einstein had talked about. And what it is, is, synchronicity is a description of things that seem to be meaningful, yet lack causation in any concrete way. So we've probably all encountered situations in which we were thinking about someone we haven't seen or heard from in a long time, and then maybe uh, even within just in a matter of minutes, we come across them or receive a letter or a phone call from them. Mm. Yeah, that's that's true. I, uh, I I know many times uh, I'll think about a TV show or a movie that I had not seen in years, and then and it sort of uh, enters my mind like brief. But fleeting thought. Uh, I, I won't ponder it very much, and and I'll forget about it for a bit. And then later on, when I'm watching TV, bam, <laughs> there it is the the very show which uh, with with every um uh what was it called um uh I can't oh, like the very thought. like the very scene you were thinking of like you were just thinking yeah. of a scene in that movie you forget about it you, you know you don't think about it later and then but you're watching tv and then you're watching yeah. the movie and then a few minutes later it's the very scene you were thinking about yeah yeah and 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 uh i always wonder and and think like like what did that like was that just a freak coincidence or or was there uh, something happening on some kind of like obscure telepathic plane a, a parallel reality if if you will. Yeah, I've, I've experienced that as well with the lines or scenes from movies. Uh, actually, it's pretty common uh, for me. I, I'm, I'm always sort of amazed by it because it seems so random and, it's, and right out of the blue. But according to synchronicity, these kind of occurrences and interactions would be considered as significant coincidences in that they happen because of a collective framework that exists within our subconscious minds, such that a higher level of intelligence is at work within the what you call psychic universe, whatever that might actually be. So we've brought up uh, about before the idea that all things could be connected by an energy field that exists on some other level or that we've re really, uh, or that we're ready to fully observe or understand like the uh, Kassik records and that everything and everyone in the universe is sort of uh, affected by it. Uh, even in ways that may not be immediately apparent. Like with many of the rituals that we do, we, we usually don't give any thought to why we do them. Um, the meaning of them may go back to a, a time that is not remembered. So why do we bow our heads and close our eyes when we pray? It's probably from behavior that people exhibited long ago when being in the presence of a divine being, and we learned it from being passed over the course of thousands of years. So the, the same may be true with the significance of the number 33. We've just been sort of trained on a cultural and religious level to uh, embed that number 
and, and other numbers as well into our subconscious. Perhaps it, uh, it represents the pathway of the gods, a bond between heaven and earth. Right, and, and that brings us to the fundamental part of the ancient astronaut theory in that humanity's encounters with extraterrestrials in the remote past may have left a psychological impression upon us that is manifested to this very day in the form of religious beliefs, rituals, and symbols. Uh, their interaction with us uh, in places along the 33rd parallel, as recorded in biblical and mythological traditions, may surface in our minds in, in a way that would resemble fixation or, or even obsession with the number 33. So with that, we wrap up our discussion for today. Uh, for our next episode, we are going to explore the Black Knight satellite. It's something supposedly seen up in space, uh, probably even seen over the 33rd parallel, right, Laurie? Yeah, the Black Knight satellite was discovered uh, over 80 years ago, so World War II era. Um, it's uh, something way up above the atmosphere, so it's a spacecraft of unknown origin. Uh, even to this day, nobody knows what it is, but it has become very popular among ufologists who think it may, it, uh, it may be circling the Earth approximately every 20 years or so, uh, as to spy on us and collect uh, information about our planet. It just might be a satellite sent by extraterrestrials, almost in a similar way to how we sent the Voyager space probes to uh, you know, the outer solar system to gather information about worlds beyond ours. Yeah, it should be interesting. I know there are some pretty bizarre photos of the Black Knight satellite, and you do have to wonder what it is. So we want to wish everyone a happy Easter and a happy Passover. Uh, for those of you in Poland, happy Schmingus Dingus. <laughs> uh, you've heard about Schmingus Dingus, haven't you? Yeah. I, isn't that where uh, people throw water on each other? That's right. It, it actually <laughs> means wet Monday, and it's the Monday right after Easter. And, yeah, people throw water on each other. I, I remember my, my grandfather telling me about it when I was a kid, you know, because he was of Polish descent. And I think it starts with the guys throwing water on the girls on Monday. And then the girls retaliating by throwing water on the guys on Tuesday. So there you have it. <laughs> well, I guess that would be fun as, uh, as long as it's not cold out. Uh, <laughs> uh, otherwise, it might be a, uh, a bit of a shock to get hit with uh, water. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So until next time, folks, stay curious. Yep. Bye, everyone. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Have a great holiday. And uh, we look forward to being with you again.